Hey everyone, welcome to the Wild and Uncut podcast brought to you by Ruger. I'm your host, Christy Titus. Thank you for tuning in. The line is going hot, so let's go full send on this episode. Hey everyone, we are all excited to be ramping up for turkey season. And we know that our gear can literally make or break our hunt, especially if you're like me and you're bow hunting. A lot of you know that I have successfully shot Ramcat broadheads for years. And last year specifically, I was successful in taking a beautiful Oregon Tom using a 100 grain Ramcat Savage mechanical broadhead. Now, the Savage is a tried and true mechanical that has been in the Ramcat line for a couple of years. And what I love about it is that it flies field point straight with unbelievable penetration and a one and a half inch cutting diameter. So if you guys are gearing up for an archery turkey hunt, you're gonna wanna get online and check out the Ramcat Savage Broadhead. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for the Wild and Uncut podcast. We are coming at you live from Hunt Expo and I'm with Cody McCarthy. And Cody, you work with Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls, you're on our pro staff. You've got a world championship in elk calling under your belt um, rather recently, and then you, you know, you've taken numerous top two, three type titles as well, and you're a pretty, pretty exceptional caller of all things. Yeah, you know, between whether it's waterfowl or turkeys or predator calling, it's one of those things that I've always been kind of a natural at, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the turkey calling is cool because you know I'm originally from North Central Idaho, so we have a, a, a lot, lot of turkeys. a lot of turkeys and. Yeah. You know, and where I grew up, we couldn't necessarily run bear baits because yeah. it was, and so as a kid, it was easier to go out turkey hunting than it was to, because we couldn't go set bear baits. And so really grew up turkey hunting and yeah. the, uh, you know, the similarities between elk hunting and turkey hunting were always cool. Anything that you can call and kind of fool was always a passion to me. Like, you know, get on their same level, yeah. think like they think. And so um, turkey hunting has always been a real kind of passion of mine, you know, and a really cool thing that you can do with turkey hunting is, you know, new hunters getting them into it. It's a really good first experience. It was for me. Um, And then, you know, for kids, because, you know, they can go at eight years old. Mm -hmm. And so for, you know, getting kids out there and... Your kids are still probably a little too young to take turkey hunting yet. Yeah, a little bit. We're getting close. In Oregon, in Oregon we can, but... Well, we're gonna we're gonna wait till they're eight and go through all the proper fire. There, we're going through all that right now, learning how to shoot and the firearm safety yeah. and shooting bows and arrows and learn how to make all the sounds and all the fun stuff. So yeah, no, it's nice. I mean, like um, you know, turkey hunting was never like a super big passion of mine either, but. Yeah. It's something to do in the spring. And yeah, it's, it's nice weather. Well, it's great weather. It's warm. Um, and it's a super fun hunt. Yeah. Um, and if you you know you put a little into it, you get a lot out of it. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. and you're you're talking to turkeys, and and there's only a couple times a year you can really have that yeah. interaction with them. And it's and similar. It, it, people it say it's like elk hunting. I would disagree. Okay, it's not like elk hunting, but it is similar in the fact that you have that uh, you know that, that interaction. Uh, interaction with them. And yeah, that, the, the the you know thing with elk hunting and turkey hunting where it varies. You know, with elk you know it's usually one or two you know encounters a day yeah. for turkeys you can have multiple multiple and multiple different birds and you can shoot multiple a day and you know it, it's, depending on your state check your local regulations right, 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 some right. places you can't shoot more than one in a day right but, no you're yeah. right you're right um 
But it's it's one of those deals where just interaction in general is yeah. just super fun, and you know it, it's nice weather, and it's just cool to see their mannerisms. Mm-hmm. They have really cool mannerisms. Mm-hmm. They're really cool, and there's you know multiple different species, and so the different colors and stuff like that. So. I, I just, I think it's pretty cool. Well, out west, we're very lucky because we have a lot of both Miriams and Rio Grande turkeys. Easter. So we have that opportunity. And mm-hmm. some hunts, you know, like we were hunting in Oregon last year and we had a combination of Rios and Miriams. And of course, I ended up shooting a Rio. I've This year, I'm holding out for a Miriam. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, okay, if a Rio comes strutting in, we're just going to do video because yeah. I'm going to hold out my tag for a Miriams because oh, yeah. there's some... Really they're beautiful so pretty. birds. The white they, tips are so oh, gorgeous. They're, they're dark gorgeous. bodies. And they're big. They're big birds, mm-hmm. you know. Um, big, beautiful birds. Mm-hmm. But so with, you know, talking about turkey hunting, we both work with Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls. Yep. And, um, you know, turkey hunting is obviously a passion of ours. And, you know, I, I kind of wanted to take this podcast away from, like, the elk and focus on, like, how you're successful turkey hunting, how I'm successful turkey hunting, kind of go over some different calls and, and yeah. some things that Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls makes that, you know, we can take these calls and go in the field and be successful. Of and, course, yeah. Um, um, so with turkey hunting and turkey calling, uh, it's it's similar. There's there's multiple different sounds to make. Yeah. But si- similar to elk, they key off emotion. So mm-hmm. if you add emotion to the call, you are going to get better results. Now... We have several different calls, whether it's a diaphragm call, box call, a pot call. Either way, they have their own benefits for settle yeah. teeth soft. You know, a box call, something super loud to cut through a windy day and, you know, and get them to locate. Or, you know, a lot of the times turkeys do what they call shot gobbling. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a or a, Well, we have the crow call. Or the mm-hmm. or a crow call. You know, mm-hmm. you can, you know, most people can do the owl calls with their, with their mouth. But we sell the crow call. So for like a windy day, you know, that crow call goes out and get them to shot gobble then you can get into position a little easier i use the crow call a lot when i'm scouting so yeah. if i'm tr- trying to figure out where they're roosting mm-hmm. if i can get them in the in the evening after they've gone to their roost tree yeah. i like to get out do some driving yeah shock them you know hit that crow call get them to gobble figure out where the roost tree right. is and then look around okay well where can we pop up a right. blind because i for do sure. a lot of bow hunting for turkeys so right. i'm always looking where can i set where can i set right. a blind and a decoy um, so when they come off that roost in the morning, once I hear them fly and they're on the ground, I can start hammering them. Yeah, and that's the nice thing, you know, when you're bow hunting, because I've been, I own, I pretty much only shoot turkeys with the bow, but yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't use a ground blind. I think uh, decoy is more imperative to shooting with a bow, just because once they their eyes get fixed on a decoy, it lets, allows you to draw. You can set your, you can set your maximum range little easier um but another time i like to use a crow call is right in the midday right in the the heat of the day um you're kind of out walking around maybe you just blew up blew up a turkey or you know had a a encounter that didn't go as well and you're just kind of walking around midday just you know that blow that crow call and get one that's like oh and then once once they start gobbling they kind of they kind of figure it out they kind of start like oh well i've identified myself so you know chips all in kind of deal so usually you can get them and honestly for the majority of my turkeys i mean i like to hunt them off the roost because it's fun to watch them fly down but i honestly kill a lot of my turkeys at midday 10 o'clock to two o'clock mm-hmm. you know when they've when they've, the hens are laying yeah and they're off and they're just cruising around yeah. and you're out and the sun's nice and you know and there's there's a lot of different ways to go about it as far as turkey hunting i mean 
uh, you know, in like the south or the east where you have limited properties, yeah. you know, you have, you have to be a little bit more tactful as far as, because you only have so much land. You only have... You don't want to push them. You don't have, only have so many birds. And so as far as, in, and just topography alone, so where can you set up, you know, whether it's a super tall wheat field where they're out in the wheat field and you have to crawl on your belly mm -hmm. and do that, or you have to set up in a brush line and, you know, on a, you know, cut cornfield, yeah. I don't know. Um, a lot of those, there's a lot of different tactics. And so using like a pot call out east is super popular because it's super soft, subtle. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily blow them out. They just come through slowly, purrs really well. You know, kind We of introduced this year a new aluminum pot call that's got a definite different tone than a traditional yeah. uh, pot call. And it's, it's a, so I, I don't want to describe it as a harsher tone, but it is definitely a more of a harsh tone. It's a higher um, pitch. A very high pitch tone, and it's got a different sound. So, you know, if you have some pretty call-weary birds, trying the new aluminum pot yeah. call um, can, you know, maybe diversify that sound octave a little bit just to kind yeah. of trick you can, up you can your really, You can really hit that, you know, the higher pitch but more subtle yeah it's not so like it's not so high pitch but it's just enough to where those birds key in on that on that higher pitch yeah. sounds and you know and the softer ones are are i mean and that's where i think the aluminum pot call is it offers it offers one durability mm -hmm. you know you, you, you scratch it up <clears throat> use the striker and uh, it offers it offers a really good crisp sound yep Super easy to use. I gotta find the sweet pot spot oh, yeah. on it. Pull straight down. You give a demo. You know the sweet spot on this one. Yeah. There he goes. So, so that real soft, mm -hmm. but still got that high pitch enough sound for the key on it. Yeah. But it's soft, it's mellow. I mean, honestly, the durability of the aluminum. Now, the only problem with using a pot call is that. That. But in that case, if you hit it, it almost sounds like they're cutting. Cut. So that, yeah. so, so that, that cutting sound that. That can, that sounds like more natural. So if you make a boo boo, you know. It's not game it's, over. It's not game over, but yeah. you can get that real. That real like tree yelp, especially like like you said, hunting the ground blind. Mm -hmm. You have them roosted. They're coming down that soft tree call. Let them know you're there. Let them know they go. Give them a fly down cackle with the diaphragm or a box call, and um, yeah, you're kind of in business. My my go-to turkey call really like I you know I'll use a slate um, and. Uh, this strutter box, though, yeah. I mean, this thing hammers. It does. Like, it's for a windy day, getting through. It's got the. It's. It, and man, that just cuts. It just cut cuts. through the wind, or for you know locating those birds mm -hmm. far farther off. It really allows you to do a lot with it. So. You know, you can really cut through that yeah. wind, especially when you're listening and you're making the mouth calls. Sometimes, like. Like similar to elk calling, trying to locate a bull, yeah. and you're the one bugling. Sometimes it's hard to locate Where that bull or that bird out there. So with here, you can kind of get, kind of put it off to the side and still have a good ear to listen, so you can really pinpoint where that bird is. And know. the turkeys are a lot like elk. You know, you'll try one call and there's not necessarily a response. You know, the, yeah. 
the woods are kind of gone dark on you. Mm -hmm. And then you'll pick up a different call. Like a lot of times I'll be on a pot call doing those really soft mm -hmm. um, yelps and, and just really like little purrs and mm -hmm. trying to get the turkeys kind of to respond. And if nothing's happening, man, when I pick up the strutter box, it is so loud. Yeah. And I've had hens come in screaming at me. For sure. Like it is the most hilarious thing when you're doing the yelp and then the hens are doing the yelp back and they'll come in like angry. It's like, and, it, and it's amazing how close the box call is to that actual yeah, hen. Turkey. I mean, a lot of those times those hens sound like a rusty oh, car door horrible, and it's yeah. like, whoa, holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that box call really offers a very realistic tone. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like for real, you can really, those, those hens will come up and, you know, I've had hens come up to a hen decoy and yeah. puff up. Mm -hmm. You know, they puffed themselves up in those real, you know, boss hens. Oh, man, yeah. and they are, like, literally last year we have the coolest footage of this hen running across a meadow. Because mm -hmm. we were hunting in the mountains. It was pretty interesting because we were hunting in elk country where, mm -hmm. you know, we're picking up elk sheds and turkey hunting at the same time, which was a total first for me. Yeah. Um, but we had this hen. I was, I was hitting the strutter box, and this hen just was so angry at me. Mm -hmm. She came running in. I mean, she was going to just whoop some, I mean, it was like a mm -hmm. cat fight. Like, this was going to yeah. go down. Um, and it is, it's amazing how well the turkeys respond. But the, the toms specifically, man, I mean, they almost couldn't resist the strutter right. box. Like, yeah. the sound of it was just it's, fired I, them up. It's really good because a lot of times, if you have one thing going, <clears throat> they almost kind of just like people, they just kind of tone you out. Yeah. But if you give them a change-up, so say you're using a pot call, and then, you know, you're doing the soft purrs and, and little soft little clucks and stuff. They're like, well, okay, yeah, you're there. But then you give them a yup, yup, yup with a box call. Yeah. They're like, whoa, hey, who's that? What yeah. is that? And it just kind of like grabs their attention. And so, I mean, the change up is, is really good. And like I said, this, the re realistic sounds you get out of the starter box, the different kind of cuts you can do. I mean, if you can wrap a rubber band on it, usually you can shake it and even act like a little gobbler. I mean, the, the versatility is good. You know, you're, you have it sitting here, you know, you have it strapped to your leg mm -hmm. with a gun up. I mean, it, there's, there's a ton of stuff you can do with it, which is really nice, but. So yeah. our diaphragms, they're, they're a little bit wide in the palate. Um, yeah, like but, most turkey calls are. But most turkey calls are in order to get those really raspy sounds. Yeah, um, the, a lot of it has to... The design and construction is just a little yeah, different. A, a lot of it has to do with the turkey calls, the difference between elk and turkey diaphragms. The turkey diaphragms are built on a, wire, on a wider frame mm -hmm. with different thicknesses of latex and they're all layered a little different and then there's cuts in them that's right. to give them multiple pitches. So that's... so. Like the, the issues with the elk diaphragms we have that are double reeds is when you first pull them out of the package, there's not that adhesion between them. So sometimes you kind of get a, get a two-tone effect. Well, turkey calls, that's what you want. Yeah. And so there's different, there's different variations. And honestly, the turkey calling world, just because there's so many turkey hunters out there, because you start thinking that the whole South, I mean, they don't have elk. They have turkeys. They yeah. have turkeys, deer, pigs. And, you know, so the, the turkey diaphragm market is, is one that's really pretty tough to get into. And with these diaphragms, I think that we can really mm -hmm. make a push to be, you know, a strong competitor in those turkey fields for those guys that are specifically turkey hunters. Yeah. And our Captain Hook turkey call isn't quite as wide as, like, the one I yeah. tweet, Black Max, and then the Sharp Tooth Jack. The, that one's just a little bit narrower, and mm -hmm. it has the traditional um, pallet plate top on it. Yeah. Where the other ones do not have 
the, the top on it. It's more like right. single latex, and then it's got it's the got, it's, it's got, got two, the cuts. Two, it's got sounds. two little cuts on it that kind of give a little bit raspier sound. But you know, if you're um, let's say you're making a transition into, in, say you're an, you're an elk person, and you've been an elk person, you're kind of looking to find a call to kind of transition mm-hmm. you in. You're kind of like, a good well, start. I don't really know about turkey hunting. Let's give it a try. That Captain Hook is a good is a good one mm-hmm. to. Just get introduced to a turkey call, something very similar, field similar to your elk diaphragm. Uh, but it's the wider, it's the wider frames and the different cuts that you get that really give those good turkey sounds. One because of the way your tongue moves. Um, the reason why you know we have our palate plates with our elk calls is because one, it's eliminating the second tongue movement. Because mm-hmm. as we're pushing the diaphragm to get that high clear note, our tongue is moving. So as our tongue's moving, that's what's causing, when we don't have a palate frame, for those calls to stall out. Well, in turkey calling, you want your tongue moving, and you want that diaphragm moving around your mouth so you can manipulate the call better. Um, you want those different things, you know, whether it's a kiki run and you're folding your tongue up on the side of it to give it, you know, to kind of push to give it clear sound or little, you know, you know, clucks and purrs and things like that, or you're just pushing the diaphragm you know, um, to the best of your ability like, like you normally would. The larger presence with your tongue gives that wider, deeper sound, because one, there's more latex. Um, but as far as uh, turkey calling, you know, a lot of it comes from your diaphragm. Yeah, your you have to You have to push it through to get those realistic mm-hmm. sounds. Um, the diaphragm is my preferred choice. I mean, I use I use all these when needed. Like I said, you're in a field, you're got you're set up in a ground blind. You know, you've got a bunch of weary birds that are you know a private land situation where they've been pushed around by different people. You know, a pot call is super good. You know, I carry the the strutter box for when it's windy in midday, and you need to really get that loud cut through that wind because heaven forbid when you're in the when you're in the mountains and. You know, because that's where all of our turkeys yeah. are. We, we we hunt mountain birds to, you know, alfalfa farm field birds, and, and so you you, you want to reach out there and get them. So that's where the the box call is nice. But the go to you know the go to call for me, you know, especially when you're trying to shoot a bow, mm-hmm. you know, you can't be messing around no. the pot call and making all these weird sounds and you're reaching for your you know your bow because you got to be focused because in my situation you can get set yardage you got to make sure you got a window open and everything not move and clip your release on all those good things those are all super important to being successful um and so the mouth diaphragm allows you to have to give those calls while being completely set up because sometimes usually usually when it's when when turkeys when turkeys are coming you know, there's there's the there's the old old wives' tale with the old men that kill a lot of turkeys. They're like, hey, you stay put, stay put, be patient. And you know, there's some validity to that. But sometimes when you're out turkey hunting, especially in where I turkey hunt and the experiences I have, you know, if you're sitting there for more than an hour, they aren't coming. Go find yeah. another bird. And so being able to be on the move, and when it happens, it's going to happen fast. We're going to come in. And so the mouth diaphragm allows, allows that versatility. That versatility, and there's so many there's so many sounds you can make with them. Yeah, it takes a little bit if you're not experienced with the diaphragm call. We have all these other options, but if you are, it's it's probably the most common way to go. So I, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. 
I am, uh, you know, very experienced at operating a diaphragm. These ones, the, the turkey calls for me, I, I struggle with just a little bit because they are a wider, wider frame. Right. Um, so I, I do struggle with making those sounds. The captain hook call is, is kind of my go-to for the diaphragm because it is a more traditional feel and fit of like an elk call. I am no genius with a diaphragm call when it comes to making turkey sounds. Mm -hmm. But I got to be honest, like I've never had my inexperience with being, you know, a a very skilled uh, turkey right. caller. Uh, I, I don't have a variety of vocabulary that right. I can use a call and make a ton of sounds the way right. I can with elk. Right. But it's never impeded my turkey hunting no. success because, the, you know, fortunately for us, you know, we make calls that are simple to use and, and effective. Yeah. And so that's what I love about it is, you know, we have calls here for the most advanced turkey hunter, or the mo most discriminate ear <laughs> for sounds. Like, you know, those people that, you know, have very, very sound-weary birds and they're very experienced callers, you know, we have the calls that are going to make the sounds that they're looking for. We also have stuff that make great sounds also but are a little easier to use. Yeah, for the novice. For the novice. And, and it, sure. you know, you don't even have to be a novice turkey hunter. You can be successful every year. And yeah. it, the diaphragm just, you, maybe you have a gag reflex or yeah, a latex sure. allergy or something, and it yeah. just doesn't work for you. There's Absolutely. other options. And totally. that's what I really like. I mean, for me, I like being independent and not having to rely on somebody else oh, to yeah, come do for stuff sure. for me. And, for sure. and you know, I have <laughs> online gotten some flack from some people. They're like, wow, you really kind of aren't great at turkey calling. And it's wow. like, well... I got a bird at the end of the day. Isn't that what we're there for? And I, and I think it's really, it's important for people to not be intimidated. Yeah. You know, to, to buy a call and get out and try. Because well, we, you just don't know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and, you know, there, there are, tur you know, turkey calling is, is difficult for, at times. Yeah. Then turkey hunting, you know, also, like, I think that's why it gets such an up and down yeah. riff is because some people are like, you hunt those things like why don't you just run them over with the car like they're yeah. in my, they're they're in my yard you <laughs> they're know? in my yard they're everywhere poop, they're, they're pooping in, in my yard, yard everywhere yeah. pooping until you go to hunt them <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so like people <laughs> there's, there's people have kind of like yeah. a misconception yeah. but really a, a few basic things it doesn't it doesn't take no. honestly turkey hunting is like i said if you you're brand new at it you get in an area where you see turkey sign, do a little bit of scouting, locate some birds, you know, use a few of these super easy calls. And honestly, you don't need to call very much. No. Uh, patience is kind of is kind of the, the main thing. So if you're you know being don't be intimidated at all. Turkey hunting is super fun. You know, it's it's awesome, like I said, for kids or to get in it because the weather's nice, it's super beautiful. You go look for sheds at the same time if you're where I'm at, like it's 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 amazing. It's 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 just a fun time. Go ride the four wheelers around. Just yeah. be outside. Pick morel mushrooms, like for sure. I mean, do there's both. there's a there's a there's a ton to do out there, and it's in the spring, and you know it's it's really pretty. So yeah, definitely don't be intimidated to do it. So I typically like when I'm bow hunting, I pop up a blind, mm -hmm. um, get in the blind, and I try to keep as many windows shut and dark as possible, okay. and I'll just like peek. Mm -hmm. occasionally mm -hmm. like if I hear something coming I'm peeking and then mm -hmm. um, I, I like to have my, my decoy set up at about 12 to 17 yards for sure um, I want them close because if a bird commits and comes in and hits that decoy struts around it whatever it's a chip shot with a bow yep. um, it makes it super easy and, and your success rate at that point is really high because you have a very close shot I personally I really try um, to have my bow at full draw mm -hmm. when the turkey's come into my line of sight. So it's really important for me to kind of 
be aware of where the turkey is. Mm -hmm. And when he crosses that threshold of line of sight in my blind, that I'm at full draw and ready to make that shot, Um, which has worked really well for me. But having the decoys close like that also, if those turkeys kind of hang up, hopefully they're kind of strutting around and hanging Mm -hmm. up within a, a space where you can have a, an ethical shot with your bow still. For sure, and there's, you know, the thing is, when they come in at full in full strut, I mean, the closer the better. I mean, if you set your, de- like, I do the same thing. I set my decoy up 10 yards. I, you know, I have a Jake, and I, what works best for where I'm at is we use strutters with real fans and mm-hmm. real wings, and they key off that UV, and, and so we have pretty good success with it to where, you know, whether it's a blind, most of the time, where I'm at, if you're on a skid road, you set up on a little elbow on a skid road and you can shoot them at four yards. I mean, it's pretty awesome. The decoy. At four? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's really I, close. Yeah. They're that's close, what I close. shot one. That's the last one I shot with the bow is uh, two years ago. I shot it at four yards, full strut. It was awesome. But, uh, yeah, but when they get puffed up like that, you know, it's They're not. They look it's, it's not necessarily like you shoot them, like, behind the shoulder on an no. elk or a deer. Like, you shoot them, you got to shoot them right through their wings. And, you know, the thing is, is people are like, well, I want to, like, you know, they have the broad heads that, the head off. you know, decapitate them and stuff. And, you know, that is super difficult. If they're yeah. in full strut and they're facing you, that's one thing. But when they're pecking their little heads around, it's very difficult. So making that ethical through the wings and pinning them down and using the, the good broadhead of choice, that's that's how I've had the most success with it. But yeah, the closer you can get them, and like you said, you know, if you... I like that full frontal shot or facing away shot. And the Texas hard shot. The Texas heart shot on a turkey is... It's pretty lethal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good shot. Yeah. Uh, especially with a bow. I mean, yeah. like for me, that's that's a money shot, and then face on is a money shot. Yeah, so and a turkey broadside can be a lot riskier shot. Yeah, just because you're um, dealing with all those chest feathers. Bones. Yeah, but or feathers, breast yeah, uh, they're muscle. Yeah, there's big there's poofy. There's not a lot there. The very first, like I think when I shot my first turkey with the bow when I was 11. And I actually missed him the first arrow I shot. He he, he come flying off the hill, and they flew right, right to us. I missed him from dang, dang near me to you. Oh, no. Yeah, You're that was like, awesome. Ah! And I shot right through his feathers, and you could see the hole as he'd run off and the broadhead go through, right in his chest feathers, and he was still at full draw, so was, or he was still in full strut. And so he just kind of, like, walked away, and I was able to get in the arrow and shoot him, which was cool, and it was a good experience. But, yeah, it is a lot riskier. Yeah, a lot. And honestly, with the decoy, you know, and they're going to move around, and they're, they're going to do things, and you, you theoretically can't never say never but you're going to have multiple yeah. shot opportunities that's one of those deals you can really just get be patient and have to pick your spot and, and really sure just enjoy it because mm-hmm. that's that's so something that comes it. around and you really enjoy the show that they put on and it, it really is something spectacular you know and but you know there's also times where you put the decoy out and they see that and they're like you know, they do get a little a It depends little on how weird. much hunting pressure they've had. Yeah, and so Some that, people can't shut a car door for two miles without spooking all the turkeys. And some people can slam a car door, and that's how you get them to go. Yeah, exactly. I mean... I've had that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's it's one of those deals where it's, it's, uh, it's really fun. You know, as far as archery success, um, like you said, a ground blind, you know, all black clothes, you know, there's, there's different, you know, there's different systems out there these days that say you know that help you mm-hmm. on the ground but but you're shooting turkeys with a bow without a blind and yeah. you're you're like trying to convince me that you've done that now i have shot a turkey on the ground behind a turkey fan 
Oh, I've done that too. Um, and That's that awesome. has been very effective. Now, some states have banned that because they're worried about people being shot by other hunters, which is a legitimate concern. They call I get that, it. They call that they style call it fanning or reaping. Reaping, okay. Fanning or reaping. Yeah. And that's where you crawl out there. And, and that can get a little Western at times, especially. It's awesome. You know, yeah, it's, it's one of those deals, though, you want to make sure that you are on uh, a very safe area or on yeah. private land. It's, it's one of those things that can be very dangerous mm -hmm. on public land. Yeah. And so um, that's why I always recommend... Not doing it on public land. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, ha having some kind of decoy bag when you're carrying around the woods that has orange on it to say, hey... I'm a person because there's there's people out there, yeah. but you know that style it can get it can get crazy. Yeah. You know my uncle, you're gonna laugh at this. So he's a taxidermist, and so what he did is he took his stabilizers, he took the head of a turkey, airbrushed it, put a fan on his stabilizer one way, then took another one like a gobbling one, mm -hmm. painted it, put another fan. And so it sits out there like that on a stabilizer to where it looks like it's two turkeys in full strut. Mm -hmm. And so he can just sit there mm -hmm. on the on his butt and these turkeys just come in and just you know. And it's pretty awesome, you know. We've 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 fooled around with making turkey decoys out of you know, gas cans. You take a gas can and you just put a turkey head on it and take an arrow and put it in the ground and put a fan on it and paint spray it black and there you go. We've used milk jugs, mm -hmm. but having a realistic decoy is, is probably the biggest way to yeah. have success when you're archery hunting. Um, you know, I've actually, I've shot four turkeys out of a ground blind with, with a bow mm -hmm. and I like it, but the rest of them, and I've shot probably, oh shoot, I've shot probably 12 or 13 turkeys off the ground with my bow. And honestly, I started, shoot, I started shooting with my bow. And then I was like, well, <laughs> I started shooting them so many of them. I started, you know, when you shoot them with the, the arrow, they kind of get kind of, <laughs> the arrow gets kind of nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so I've switched back and forth to shotguns and bows. But, you know, shooting them off the ground, when you have a decoy out there that breaks their line of sight, and, you know, whether it's on a logging road and you're up on a cut bank or you're just hiding off, it's the same principle. You can really, turkey's eyes are so much better. Absolutely. So as far as getting away with drawing your bow, if you can draw your bow with a turkey at the decoy or coming in, you can draw your bow with a bull coming in. Yeah. 100%. That is no problem. If you've learned to draw your bow without any kind of craziness. Yeah, you can't go... This is, yeah. it's the ultimate test of can you do that? And like anything, um, you never want to set up behind something because then you're limited. So it kind of, and it kind of pushes your brain to learn how to set yourself up and get concealed, but watching, you know, your limbs. I shoot a 35-inch, tar you know, target bow with a 17-inch stabilizer and a 12-inch 12 12-inch back bar, and that's what I shoot for hunting. Well, my bow is 33 inches. It's perfect. Yeah. It's the best. And, you know, those, Super stable. Those, I'm those, shooting, yeah. Those longer platforms are so nice, especially for, you know, honestly, the short draw shooters. They just... They're they refined so from bear archery is what I've got now. And, oh, that's and it's, a good uh, It just came out this year, and it's, it's longer, but it's super stable, and... Mm -hmm easy to shoot and uh, had great success with I'm looking forward to taking it turkey hunting. Um, 
which we're going to be doing here in the next... Yeah, uh, it's coming up. Right around the corner. So one of the things I also like to do um, is have a turkey fan. So mm-hmm. for me, when I've been on the ground, for you, it sounds like you're just kind of sitting out there. For me, what I've done, you know, shotgun hunting, before if I have a turkey that's kind of hanging mm-hmm. up, is that if you have a fan that you just have spread out and dried. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm shotgun hunting, I have had that fan kind of sitting on the ground next to me mm-hmm. flat, and I'll just pick it up and stick it out from like behind the side oh, of a tree. And just flag it around, and they key in on that, and I just twist it, make some sounds, let them see that, and then just set it down on the ground and hide it. And pretty soon, those toms will come in, and they'll be looking for that other Mm -hmm. strutter. Um, And it's very effective also. And then, you know, there you are behind the other side of the tree waiting, you know, with your shotgun. And So I've only done those types of on-the-ground strategies with a shotgun. I haven't tried Mm -hmm. it with a bow, but I might have to give the They work. I mean... Honestly, the the best way to do. It. I mean, all of our pretty much the re, like as far as you know what we do. I mean, every time we shoot a turkey, it's like oh thank goodness we got a new. We it's kind of funny. My wife and I we we have our decoy and we nicknamed him Leroy. Oh boy. <laughs> you know as I was downtown Leroy Brown. Yeah, and so every time we shoot, we're like oh well Leroy's got a new fan, so we just keep him coming. But we do also use that same same tactic whether you know especially you know. Hunting, hunting with with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, to have a turkey fan to, hey, yeah, get some you know, and they're looking, then the person can be ready. So that that's yeah. always really nice. Hunting as a team that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so there's different ways to do it. Um, like you said, the decoys have come so far these days, though, as far yeah. as, yeah, you know, and they're not. I remember, shoot, like back in the day, we actually had a full taxidermied gobble, you know, turkey goblin mm-hmm. that we had a little push button call on it with a spring and it would, it was just it, it weighed about 37 mm-hmm. pounds to carry around so it wasn't very advantageous to carry around but shoot, it worked. But yeah. now, It's neat, you know, when you, you the, those turkeys that, that gobble and they start gobbling around you and the whole forest just lights up with sound. It's yeah. it's an unreal experience. The sounds in the morning of turkey hunting are, are pretty hard to beat, oh. whether it's a little cheeseburger yeah. birds that Mm-hmm. You know, all those guys around and the turkeys gobbling and coyotes yipping and, you know, those are, that's just, that's just part of the way, you know, you hear ducks on the roost, meh, 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 meh. you know, so there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of sounds that really make you appreciate mm-hmm. it. And it's easy when the sun's shining and yeah. you just kind of get in that, you know, super happy mood with letting the vitamin D soak it up and oh, nice. go, go out and shoot a turkey. It's fun. In some states, you can hunt all day. In some states, yep. you know, turkey hunting ends, you know, early afternoon. Mm-hmm. And in Oregon, we can hunt all day. So, you know, I try to have several roosting trees kind of mm-hmm. located so I, I can start out with a spot in the morning and then maybe in the afternoon mm-hmm. go to a zone where I'm, you know, no turkeys are going to be moving through to head mm-hmm. to roost um, and, and kind of hit those zones, you know, coming and going from both both roosting and then also yeah. waking up in the morning out of the roost tree. So I like to try to focus on those areas. And then it seems like they always have like those areas that they like to pick around. And, yeah. it, and for us, for, for me, my experience is, you know, anywhere there's water, yeah. there's typically a lot more bugs. Mm-hmm. So I like to worms. look at yeah worms and little right. things living and growing in the ground. And, and the turkeys really like to scratch and pick and feed. The and, day after a rain, you can always find a field. Yeah. You can always find the turkeys out there in the field. with worms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I'll mention on here, and it's, 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 it seems to always be true, I don't know, but when you're driving around out trying to locate a turkey, if you say you're in a new area, every time it's worked for me, mm-hmm. any place, if you say you can get an elk to bugle, like you have your pull-out spot and 
Turkey Bugle, and that's just a spot where mm-hmm. where you get the location. Stop and call for turkeys there, because yeah. I bet money, you know, they, they like the same kind of yeah. things, and they like the same calling areas where you can project sound mm-hmm. the same. And, and so it's kind of funny. It's like where you find turkeys, you find elk, and where you find elk, you find turkeys. Just Mm-hmm. Fall versus spring, mm-hmm. and so you know the the tactics where you have multiple roosting trees and you know their patterns. You yeah. kind of know where you are. That's that's the way to go about it because you know you're more tactful. Yeah. And you're not just wandering around aimlessly. You can do a lot of driving hunting. You know, especially out west where yeah, we have, we have a lot of public land. You know, yeah. out in the east side. You know, in Midwest where um, you know you're hunting your family farm or a farm. Mm-hmm. You're you're a lot more limited. Where we're at, where we have expansive public ground, you know, these turkeys can move a lot. Oh, they move. And they travel. And, you know, doing a lot of, quote-unquote, road hunting, I have found it being very effective. If I can, you know, do some driving, use the crow call, get them to shot gobble. And then, you know, we use our Onyx maps, and we we put those spots in where we hear them gobble, where we see them, you know, where we see hens. And and I think this is important to note, too. Like, when you say road hunting, we're... We're pretty fortunate enough to have the roads we're talking about road hunting necessarily aren't roads, they're skid roads. They're, yeah. You know, they're trails, but that's just our, our logging yeah. culture and what we have in the Pacific Northwest allows us to access those things. And so they're pretty rugged roads that we're covering a lot of ground, whether whether it's on a four-wheeler or an e-bike or mm-hmm. on foot or in a razor yeah. side-by-side or in a, in a pickup. Like, we there's, there's multiple ways that we're getting around. Um, and so we just have those those areas to to trace around those clear cuts on those logging roads, and you know that's that's a big thing. Is if you're if you're hunting in a heavily wooded area, I'd say good starting point: find a skid road and look for clear cuts because those turkeys are gonna gonna be in clear cuts. Anywhere that there's sunshine and there's bugs. vegetation, it was where there would be bugs. <laughs> exactly, hundred percent. Because some of the 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 canopies on on heavy you know, heavy, especially in the Pacific Northwest, heavy timbered areas, there's not a lot of vegetation on the ground because there's not a lot of sunlight that hits the floor. So there's not as much for ability for things to grow. So the turkeys, the deer, the elk, the wildlife don't necessarily inhabit those areas in in the same density. So if you guys can find, or when you're looking for a place to hunt turkeys, you know, finding those openings, finding some water, yeah. Find a place where there's there's going to be you know you'd presume being bugs, which would mean there's vegetation. Mm-hmm. Also, um, that's you know great places to start. But you know that midday scouting, you yeah. know if you have some downtime, just don't be afraid to get out and move. Even when I'm bow hunting, you know my husband and I will we'll drive, we'll get a turkey to gobble, we'll jump out. You know usually we'll have to back up the truck or whatever, <laughs> yeah. or back up the quad, mm-hmm. um, kind of get rid of it, and then jump out, grab the ground blind, and we have just like a little backpack yeah, yeah, set up, yeah, yeah. and just run and pop up the blind. Mm-hmm. You know, and pop it up and throw out the decoys, and we kind of work as a team. Oh, for sure. You know, he'll get the blind, I'll throw out the decoys, or vice versa. Yeah. And we're sitting in a matter of just a couple of minutes. As soon as we hear a gobble, you yeah. know, a lot of times we just roll you with it. You get pretty efficient at it after yeah. doing it several times. Yeah. And and it's I, kind of like running and gunning with a shotgun, yeah, it's only it's a, little, it's a little slower with the blind with the bow hunting. If you're just shotgun hunting, you don't even need to do all of that. Yeah. You just go. Yeah. You know, that... In, the thing is, I found you know ground blinds being super effective for especially kids. I was gonna say that, yeah. You know, and just because you know you can set up the the tripod and 
They can it, lay down and sleep. Yeah, like I, you I know, always lay down you and can, sleep. You can, you can run and get, but like you said, once you do it a couple times, it kind of turns into a Chinese fire drill. Oh, yeah. running and everything's like, oh, where's the bird? Because sometimes they're coming in, they're coming in so mm-hmm. damn fast. That's kind of, it's, that's, that's part of the fun. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, but with the ground blinds, yeah, you get super effective. And, and honestly, I, I've, you know, like I said, a good decoy and some good vegetation, you know, logging roads and catch them on a cut bank or whatever. You get up on the cut bank and put the decoy down on the corner of the road. And, you know, I mean, you don't necessarily don't even need a ground blind. To, you can run and gun them with a bow. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of different ways to go about it, which is, which is why it's so awesome and so fun. So many different ways you know to skin a cat I yeah. mean it's the, and there's no one right way that's no. what's super beautiful about it is you get a lot of people that you know whether whether it's elk hunting or duck hunting any just hunting in general you get a lot of people that are you know it's this way or the highway yeah. or this, and you got a lot of people that are set in their ways with turkey hunting that's what's awesome is you, you can go, go out fun. and just go do it anybody can do it you can take a captain hook, or you can take a box call, or a slate call, or a crow call. You can go out there, and you can just have fun and just get mm-hmm. it done. And and you know, for you know, especially the kids on spring break, yeah. you know, when you're, you know, just learning to drive, and you can take your buddies out and go drive around in the woods. And you know, it's something that's so so small, but just those lifetime memories you'll never never lose. And turkey hunting is one of those deals where, you know, a lot of people. Don't they're like oh, I don't eat wild turkey. Well, honestly, there's oh good, turkey meat's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic, yeah. and there's and, the, and they, you can do a lot of really cool stuff with their feathers, with the arts, mm-hmm. and you know the necklaces and things like that. They're their spurs. They're and, so yeah. so cool, just because they're a beautiful animal. And, and, and they and they and they have awesome rituals. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. awesome mannerisms. Mm-hmm. You know, people like I said, they kind of get a bad rap for being yard birds, and they're just pooping in my yard. Yada yada yada. But, you know, those wild turkeys, I mean, they're cunning. They, mm-hmm. they don't, they, they got to live out there. They got to hustle from the foxes and the coyotes. Yeah, and they do. The cougars and things like that that want to get them all the time. And so there, there's a respect for them. And, and, and in, my, in my opinion, the vocalizations of turkeys, people say, well, turkey callings eat, you know, you know elk, elk callings way harder than turkey yeah. I think it's vice versa. I agree. I, I think, think turkey that I think the, the vocalizations and what you have to do for turkey calling mm-hmm. versus elk calling. Elk calling, there's a few things, and it's all about timing. Turkey calling, there's some similarities. All about timing, finding the right when and how, using the emotions. That gets you through pretty much any calling. But these different vocalizations that turkeys make, I mean, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. They are, it, and it's something that's very hard to replicate. And so that's that's an also a super challenge is when you can get out there and you can get in a cutting contest mm-hmm. with a hen that's out there, tick, 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 and you can go back and forth with them. And that's that's honestly mm-hmm. so cool. You know, the gobbling's cool, but the hen's calling back mm-hmm. at you. I mean, you get it from both sides. It's just really super cool. Yeah, it's an incredible experience. If you guys haven't turkey hunting, you really should get out a turkey hunt. And those of you that are gearing up for turkey season. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed this podcast today. Um, I mean, I, I know I'm already itching to get out in the woods, yeah. and I'm sure you are too. And Cody, yeah. I really appreciate you yeah, taking you. your time. How can people find you on social media? Uh, let's see. I have an Instagram account. It's Cody McCarthy 47 and 
and look me up there. Okay. And if you guys are wanting to find out more information about Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls, their turkey lineup, if you go to buglingbull.com online, or they have a Facebook and Instagram, which is just Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls. Everything is on there. Um, if your local retailer does not have the turkey lineup, you can order it direct. They'll yeah, ship it to your house. Sure. Super easy. And if your local retailer doesn't have our turkey lineup, ask them to bring it in um, yeah. and give it a try. Try out a couple different diaphragms. See which one works best for you. You can try the aluminum or the regular slate uh, pot calls. And, and obviously my, my tried and true uh, fl- favorite is the shredder box call oh, for yeah. sure. So, Cody, thank you so much for, thank you. for stopping I in. And it. You guys, thank you for joining us today on this episode of Wild and Uncut Podcast. Coming at you from Hunt Expo. Thank you for listening to the Wild and Uncut podcast. If you would like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to my Pursue the Wild digital series on YouTube and follow me at Christy Titus on Facebook and Instagram.